You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday. January 13th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. All right, we have to take a quick look back on the disaster that was the national championship game, Alabama 52, Ohio State 24. What I want to ask you, Bax, if the Buckeyes, in your estimation, if they were at full strength, meaning Togi was playing, I think that was a huge loss. Tyreek Smith, who's coming off his best game as a Buckeye, if he was playing, if Trey Sermon doesn't get hurt on the first play, if Justin Fields is 100%, how much of a difference would that have made? Well, I obviously think that would have been pretty gigantic. Uh, Big Tom would have been pretty disruptive in the middle. You'd have seen some of those run plays that went for seven yards when they were touching the guy on the line of scrimmage or a yard into the backfield, you know, end up staying at the yard, the, the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. Um, I also think Tyreek Smith is a bigger loss than we realize. If you watch that play, at the game, the first part of the game, Javante Jean-Baptiste was on the field a lot. And that, that, that tackle for Alabama was swallowing him up. And right now, Zach Harrison, you know, he, he's, he, he doesn't, he isn't quite there where when it comes to just the elite level, you know, being able to stop the run and hold his point. Like he's, he's a good pass rusher, but, I think there's obviously some work for him to do as well. So not having Togi, not having Tyreek Smith are massive losses. Um, you'd have seen the defense get a few more stops, especially early on. That bend but don't break works a lot better when you can stop the running game at least, right? And OSU wasn't slowing the G. Harris down. And I, I think part of that was just the will being broken by the fact that they just simply couldn't get a stop but you're going to be much more likely to slow these guys down when you have two of the best defensive linemen on your team who are starters for a reason available. Uh, the Trey Sermon loss is also massive. I know that Master Teague scored two touchdowns in this game, but there is a night and day difference if, if you watch them run. Master Teague, for all of his ability to run hard straightforward, doesn't have the vision Trey Sermon did. Uh, Master Teague can't catch a pass out of the backfield. There's a bunch of different plays in that game where Teague got a handoff and you saw a giant hole and he ran into the crowd instead. And you were really confused as to where he was going with the football. So I think OSU would have been much more able to match scores with Alabama with Trey Sermon in. In fact, if anything, I think Trey Sermon is the biggest, you know, what's the difference in this game kind of, uh, what if for OSU even more than big Tom and, and, uh, and Tyreek Smith, because if you have sermon, OSU doesn't score 24 OSU scores 45. I genuinely believe that uh, there, there, there were so many times where, you know, T got touched and you know, that, that was all the further he got. Uh, the sermon would have been a massive difference maker for them running the football in that game and receiving the ball out of the backfield in particular. So, you know, Alabama's really good, though. We can't gloss over the fact that 
Ohio State literally had no answer for Alabama's passing game. Um, the only stop they had for most of the first half was Baron Browning's you know, sack fumble where he recovered it. There's a certain point where you have to recognize that when you have a really good team that happens to have a fatal flaw that plays right into another really good team's strength, you're not going to win. And I sat there watching that game just thinking like, you know what the crazy part is, though, is that with Devontae Smith getting injured in the second half, the excuses really went away for the defense on not being able to get stops. Uh, at one point, Waddle was off the field. Najee Harris was off the field. Devontae Smith was off the field. And the defense still got gashed. So the reality is, is that Alabama was the best team in the country this year. OSU was the second best team. There's no shame in that. And this isn't like losing to LSU or Florida those years in the national championship, right? Because Ohio State went out and they murdered Clemson. They weren't in this game by, by somebody's vote. They weren't overrated. They earned their way here. They earned their bona fides, right? And you have to give Alabama credit. At the end of the day, you have to give another team credit whenever they execute and have – just as much, if not more talent than you. I will tell you this too. I thought Alabama's defensive scheme and offensive scheme were superior to what OSU ran. I thought we were conservative offensively. And I think the bend but don't break concept that OSU was trying to pull with slowing Alabama down eventually got worn down. And the reality is if you don't have the pass defense to stop anyone, you're not going to stop maybe the best passing game in the country. It is what it is. You have to congratulate Alabama for doing what they did. Let's get into what you just said. The best thread we have going right now, the most interesting thread we have going right now, in my estimation, on the front row message board is a discussion about Kerry Combs. And no one doubts Kerry Combs' ability to recruit or his ability to coach up a secondary, but this was his first year as a defensive coordinator. And you listen, I see arguments on both sides of the fence here. It's like, listen <laughs> – Look at all the guys that they lost to the NFL last year. Then on top of that, losing Amir Reap, losing Jocelyn Wint, losing Cam Brown. They haven't recruited well at defensive back when Kerry Combs wasn't there for two years. When he was there, they got guys like Jeff Okuda and all these guys that just got drafted. Um, and some of the guys that were on this year's team that were still around like Sean Wade. But they didn't have much depth. So there's the defense for Kerry Combs. And, you know, they didn't have much of an offseason, this and that. But this is Ohio State. And everybody in the big 10 was playing by the same rules and Ohio state had one of the worst passing defenses in the big 10 forget about nationally in the big 10. And they had one of the worst nationally, if you want to bring that up too. But if you just want to focus on the big 10, there's really no excuse for Ohio state to be that bad as a passing defense, Matt Baxendale, where are you at on Kerry Combs as the Buckeyes defensive coordinator? Uh, not confident right now. I can tell you that. Uh, first of all, I think all these people saying that, oh, they lost so much talent. That's a BS answer to me. Sean Wade, five stars. Seven Banks, four stars. Um, Josh Proctor, top 100, four stars. Don't talk to me about there not being talent in that backfield. They're not playing like they're four-star players, though. Uh, Sean Wade had – God bless him for coming back, and God bless his dad for fighting as hard as they did to have this season. And these are not – Anytime we were going to talk about any players like this, especially this year, with everything these kids went through to make this season happen and all that they gave up, we're not attacking them as people. 
but Sean Wade did not have a great season. This is the sort of season where Sean Wade was hoping to go from late first rounder to top 10 pick. He probably went from late first rounder to top 10 pick in the, uh, he had a rough year. He had a really rough year, but OSU has talent period in that defensive backfield. There is zero excuse for a team that had, it's not like you have a bunch of two-star kids that, you know, that was a crater at recruiting, right? Sure. Oh, we, we missed out on the kid who went to Utah. Well, guess what? You still have all these other elite players, like, like in terms of their recruiting rankings, are they not living up to it? Okay. Well, then some of this has to be on coaching, right? Like Ronnie Hickman took the whole damn year to get on the field, played awesome in one game and then got hurt. That's a top 120 kid. Well, wasn't he on the field more, right? Uh, Bryson Shaw is another kid who looked decent when we saw him, right? I mean, I'm sorry, but there is some talent that Ohio State had, right? Lathan Ransom looked great, but Marcus Hooker started most of the season. What was up with that, right? There, there's some, there's the reality is there's talent. I don't want, I don't buy this BS excuse making that there's not talent in the defensive backfield because there is. So Ohio State finished something like 122nd in the country against the pass. Part of that's going to be scheme. Part of that's got to be coaching. And the reality is, who would they play this year that was really a great passing team? Not many. Like Bama, sure. Right? Clemson, sure. But they did fine against Clemson because they won the battle up front. The end of the day, Ohio State got gouged through the air by the likes of Penn State, Rutgers, Indiana, all of which weren't elite passing teams. They made Ty Freifogel look like like a video game where you have a kid on your team that you're trying to pump for the Heisman in the old NCAA video games. Kerry Combs is you know beloved in Buckeye Nation. I, I, obviously, he's an exceptional recruiter. He's a great cornerback coach. But there's a certain point where you have to really wonder what was going on with the pass defense this year because there is entirely too much talent all those losses aside there's too much talent for them to perform anywhere near this abysmal you would have told if you would have told me they were 50th against the pass or 60th against the pass i'd have gone all right that's not great but you know there's some losses when you go from the team they had last year to there are you have to of course accept that but it's not the level where you go oh they go from a top 10 pass defense to like a top five worst pass defense in the country that is beyond unacceptable because the talent at Ohio State is very good, period. So needless to say, Kerry Combs is in put-up-or-shut-up mode next year, especially if they have like a normal year next year to get ready for it because you have to factor that into it's hard installing a new defense or new coordinators and everybody. But, you know, I, I, I don't buy this. There's no talent BS, right? Ohio State has a ton of talent in the defensive backfield period. Let's take an early look at the 2021 Buckeyes and what we expect. Let's start with guys that might be on the fence about whether or not to turn pro, at least from our perspective, there might be certain guys that aren't even thinking about turning pro that we are going to say that they're on the fence. I'm talking about guys like Tommy Togiai, Tyreek Smith, Jeremy Ruckert, guys like that. Um, I'm not talking about the obvious guys that are going to go. I mean, we know Wyatt Davis is going to go. For the listeners out there, this is not official, but 
I mean, Wyatt Davis already opted out and then opted back in. It's safe. He's going to be a first-round pick. Safe bet he's going to leave. Sean Wade, guys like that. Justin Fields, probably Josh Myers. Um, I think those guys are probably going to leave. So let's get into some of the guys that we think could be on the fence here, like Togiai, Tyreek Smith, Ruckert, uh, maybe somebody else I'm leaving out. Who are some guys that you're really keeping a close eye on, Vax? The D-tackles. They're the first two. Um, let's not forget here. Literally everybody can come back. Well, Haskell Garrett's not going to come back, though. He was the first-team All-American. He's a senior. He got shot in the face. He's got to go pro, right? I mean, I hope he comes I would back. Agree. I would agree with that, but he's never really been. He he already said that he he he's he, he said a couple of weeks ago that he was thinking hard about it. I think he goes pro. I think he's a second round pick kind of guy in the NFL draft. You might even sneak up higher when you look at the character behind him. But I'm watching him, just hopeful, hoping, and not really optimistic about it. But I do think Togi guy is a real interesting one. I, I have I have I have a lot of questions of, as to whether Togi I wants his career to end with being held out of a national title game at Ohio State. There may, you may have a little bit of the Sean Wade effect there where Wade didn't want his career to end last year with a targeting call. Um, I think all the linebackers are gone. I think Pete Werner is the one who's going to get drafted high, um, even though he didn't have a great game against Alabama. Uh, I, I'm watching the D tackles in, with great interest, to say the least. Um, I don't think there's any chance that Sean Wade comes back. I know he's he's waffling a little bit here, and there's no question his stock went down, but I think he's ready to start getting paid to play, no question. And I think Fields is gone. Uh, I, I think Trey Sermon's not going to come back. Those last two games and then an injury proved to him at the time to also start getting paid. And honestly, Trey Sermon's stock isn't going to be much higher at any point than it is already right now. I, I don't think Myers comes back. I think Myers is probably gone, but if any of them do come back, he's the one that would come back and surprise me. I kind of think, um, you know, you, you've got, yeah, Oh, and here's another one. People keep talking about seven banks going pro hell. No, he needs another year in college. Don't even get started on that one. So uh, I think Myers is the one to keep an eye on, but I don't, I don't think he comes back as my best guess at this point in time. Now, it looks like it's pretty clear to me C.J. Stroud's going to be the heir apparent to Justin Fields. Um, and I felt that way until there were times where they needed to have a guy go out there for, as it turned out, just one play uh, in a couple of different games. And it was C.J. Stroud going out there when Justin Fields got banged up. Um, and I'm excited for C.J. Stroud. And that, you know, maybe Jack Miller will beat him out, you know. And, and Kyle McCord's a hell of a prospect coming in. Uh, but it looks like C.J. Stroud's going to be the heir apparent Talk about that a little bit and just uh, what's your early feeling on how the 2021 Buckeyes are going to be? Well, I think C.J. Stroud was the guy who kind of was the clear backup in a couple of these games. Um, the fact that he came in for the one play in the national or the national semifinals, very telling. Uh, and But early in the year, Jack Miller was the first guy in. And I said at the time, that my opinion was Ryan Day was going to alternate these guys throughout the regular season as the first one in, um, just so that they both stuck around to compete in spring. That's what we have right now. We're going to have a real contest between those guys and, of course, Kyle McCord, but I do think it's going to be Stroud. I think he's going to be the guy. I also think that we've heard a lot of great things about him. He's a very highly rated player. We have to see it, of course. Uh, I Hopefully we get a spring game this spring. I, I think we're going to, but um, I don't know if people are going to be able to go 
I can tell you right now that you'd have a sellout in the horseshoe if we were all allowed to go like normal. Cause I think people are so just anxious to get life back to normal. Um, but I think CJ Stroud's probably going to be the guy and man, look at the wide receiver talent he has. Um, you know, we you just asked about the guys going pro. If Jeremy record actually comes back, that's a great weapon for him, but he's got, he's got Garrett Wilson, JSN, Julian Fleming. We didn't see G Scott much last year. Jamison Williams showed a ton of flashes. And then you got all the freshmen coming in a receiver too. Um, you know, what, what's Amika Buka going to do? This is going to be an exciting offense next year. I like the way the offensive line looks, right? You've got Paris Johnson's going to be one of the tackles. MPF is back. Uh, you've, you've already seen that Matt Jones can be a pretty darn good guard. Harry Miller is going to get better people. He's a natural center. He was not bad at guard this year. He's going to be good next year. I'm excited about him. The line's going to be solid. I think the running back situation is going to be interesting, though, because I'm not too keen on another year of Master Teague as the starting tailback. When you have Mayan Williams, who looked impressive in short amounts of uh, short amounts of, of, of times, you've got a guy like Marcus Crowley, who came in the national title game some, who looked really good before his injury last year. We didn't really expect to see this year. And then you've got Evan Pryor, and you've got Travion Henderson coming in who are two of the highest rated tailbacks in the country. So I think the running backs, you're going to have somebody who's going to end up being more than good enough there. I think the offense for next year for OSU is going to be really good. I mean, I really do. It's not going to be like Justin Fields, robo arm near perfection. Like we saw most of the last two years, but CJ Stroud has the ability to turn out to be a very highly rated player. Whenever it's his time to move on to the pros, this guy was a top 50 player nationally. Was he the number three quarterback in America? This isn't some schmuck we're talking about here. So just because Justin Fields in all likelihood is the number two pick in the NFL draft doesn't mean that the guy you're going to replace him with isn't going to end up doing extraordinarily well himself. And Ryan Day now is two straight quarterbacks that have started under him at Ohio State that are number one picks in the NFL, or first round picks, if you will, in the NFL draft. So I am more than confident in the Ohio State offense next year. There's going to be a few growing pains, I'm sure, but it's going to be a very good offense without question. Great stuff from the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Thank you, Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there. Have a great day, Bucknutters. sports mixed with your pop culture along with humor and celebrity interviews your earbuds are enjoying the rich eisen show dan orlovsky are you still a Jaden daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy i think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one i think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft every quarterback in the nfl is accurate he's got the best on tape number two most transferable stuff to the nfl and then i think the third thing is pocket peace search for the rich eisen show on youtube or wherever you listen